so, you have an incurable progressive illness, or maybe were thrown an unexpected disability. What the heck, universe? Living with a chronic illness can really suck. Seriously, it sucks, and we'd like a refund. So, let's flip the script and let it make you instead of break you. Hey, you cool cats and kittens. Just kidding. I am not Carol Baskins. <laughs> I haven't done a solo chat with you guys in a while. So I said, you know what? I'm going to step outside of my my comfort zone um, because it is, uh, it, it is intimidating to sit in front of a microphone and lead a conversation purely off of your own thought process with when in, you know, usual circumstances, my thought process is a jumbled, you know, a jar of Yahtzee dice. But uh, you know what, I think that's important to do in life. And I think that there is value in embracing the things that intimidate you and that go, well, you know what, I'm not really prepared for that. So I'm just going to wing it. So this is a totally unplanned, impromptu conversation. And I hope it offers something to someone that may be in a place right now where they're they're unsure where to put their next foot um, and where to take that next step. So I have not done a conversation or a chat directed to the newly diagnosed human in quite some time. And I get DMs a lot. I get messages. Um, you know, of, of people just being in this, this rightfully and completely validated mental state of spiraling. And it's a hard place to be in. And it's a hard place to be in by itself. And I think what can contribute to it becoming a way worse situation is what does that person's support system look like? And not everybody, as we know, has that same support system. I am very, very blessed in having my parents. My mother and my father are my biggest cheerleaders and my biggest supporters. And let me give you an example. Um, So if you frequently follow me, you know that I have gotten back into painting and I, I do it for um, mental health and meditation. I'm, I'm, I've never been that kind of person that can sit down on a pillow with my legs crossed and you know, I, I have singing bowls. I love my sage. That's all great, but I cannot discipline my brain capacity enough to silence itself enough to wreak the benefits of a standard meditative practice in a session. So painting has been that for me. And that's cool. Like that's, that's what works for me. Um, but with my painting, for example, um, my mother is an artist, uh, you know, she's a musician, she's a pianist, recording artist, songwriter, composer, all that. So she gets the art thing, even though she doesn't have any sort of background or experience in visual arts. Now, dad is, um, a retired, well, he should be retired, but he's still uh, working a little bit on the side, a, um, senior project manager and contractor, um, you know, he would oversee major, major um, operations for uh, construction companies. And, um, and he had been doing that for well over 50 years. So that's how his brain is wired. Now, when it comes to my art, he looks at it and he was honest and saying, I don't understand your art. 
I don't get it. Let me tell you, this guy has passed on my information to so many people. He dad's like the guy that will talk to anybody and then become like best friends with them. And it's not fake. It's not like he's, you know, going around self-promoting himself or self-promoting me or my mother. He's just a very highly intellectual person that loves learning about other people and loves talking with other people and hearing their stories and sharing his stories like social communication and social interaction is one of his gifts. I don't think it's one of mine. <laughs> so God bless you, dad. Um, so, you know, this guy that has openly admitted, Hey, I don't understand your art. And I don't see what you see and I don't understand anything about it. And I just don't get it. Like he's not going to, he's not going to walk into an art museum and see a piece and go, wow, that really moved me. He's just not that kind of person yet. He's put me in touch with multiple people just through finding, you know, through coincidence of conversation that are involved in art or may have been an art critic that can kind of offer me some pointers. So it's like, while he doesn't understand it, he's still supporting it. That's my point in this. So I am I am lucky. However, I do think that everybody has the opportunity and has the ability to create the support system that they want. I think you have to find those people that ring true to you, that are, you know, backing you, that are in your corner, that are going to help you become the best version of yourself. I don't think that that's something that is necessarily biologically provided. Um, if it comes from family, of course, that's amazing because family's supposed to be like that, but nine times out of 10, it doesn't work that way. So don't be afraid to create the sort of team that you want in life, whether it be through friends or church or a support group or a yoga class or a painting class or, you know, I don't know, maybe it's something to do with, with, you know, the other moms or the other dads at your kid's school. Like you have to be open enough. And I think the only way to become open enough to be successfully in search of that support group is by you being vulnerable. And vulnerability is not easy. It's like walking into a room completely butt naked and saying, hey, my name's Britt Kiros. Nice to meet you without covering up. That's what vulnerability is. So going back to the newly diagnosed person, you just got this diagnosis, whether it be, you know, I, I always go with the example MS because that's what that's what my situation is. That's what I've built my brand, a hot MS about. Um, but I think it's it's pertinent and relative to any any major diagnosis or any news in life, whether it be you know grieving the death of a loved one or the loss of a job. I really think that if you look at the factors that are supporting that theory, they can be applied to anything in life. But that requires perception and widening that perception. If you go into it looking at it through, you know, this tiny little pigeonhole, 
you can't see all the other moving parts that are kind of floating around this theory. You're just, nope, this was my goal and and that is that. So vulnerability in a state of learning something new about your health or your body or, you know, about your life, that's valid. It's um it's daunting, it's overwhelming, it's scary, it's it's all the things. And every single fear and apprehension that you have is is rightfully verified. So if anyone's telling you that you shouldn't be afraid, tell them to shut up. And you can say, well, Brit from a hot MS told me to shut up or told me to tell you to shut up. <laughs> and they can deal with me, okay? Um, no, but seriously, it's, I think it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to think that you can't feel those things and that you can't, you know, be upset and that you can't grieve and that you have to, you know, it's, it's like the whole, like, I can't cry in front of somebody thing. And it's, and I'm very much that way. So I love crying by myself. And if somebody comes in in support and says, Hey, do you want to talk? I'll kind of toughen up for a sec. But then the second I start talking about it, I just melt. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the, are you okay? And it's like, no, I'm not okay. Like that's, that's how it happens. So I get it. It's understandable. And there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of what ifs, and there's a lot of questioning of, well, what's my future going to look like? And what's my body going to do? And how is my family going to respond? And how's my job going to be affected? And how are my kids' lives going to be affected? There are so many moving parts. You are now an onion. I hate onions. I love that the flavor that they give things, but I would never just eat a raw onion. I don't know how that was I don't know why I put that in, but now you guys know that I'm just not an onion gal. But anyways, you're an onion. There are so many layers and parts of this that it's not something that you can say, oh, I got this. Because (laughs) guess what? When you bite into an onion, it's not going to taste like an apple, right? It's funky. It's strong. It's kind of abrasive. And that's what the diagnostic process is. It's strong. It's quick. It's abrasive. It's overwhelming. Um, You can spit it out after you took a bite of it in the sink, but you're still going to have that leftover taste in your mouth. You're still going to have that residual, what did I just bite? Taste. You know what I mean? I love metaphors and I I love using like little euphemisms to explain things. It's my brain's like easiest way of getting a point across. So hopefully that made sense. Um, But I really think that one of the easiest ways to navigate around a diagnosis and that those early stages and those early periods of oh my gosh, well, I guess I'm dying. No, you're not dying. And, you know, it's it's not going to be easy and it's going to challenge parts of yourself that you didn't expect to be challenged. But I will tell you what, nothing is given to you in life for no reason. Nothing is given to you in life for no reason. 
even the painful things, even the difficult things, even the overwhelmingly confusing things, there is value in everything if you choose to be open to looking at it. And as far as a support system goes, find those people that give you that feeling. You know, I'm always saying like your body's intuition is so much more valuable and important, I think, than we, that we recognize and that we, we, you know, give energy and space to. But it's that, it's that feeling in your stomach, man, when you meet somebody and you don't know them from Adam and you just feel soulfully connected or that you've known them forever. You know, it's like having that conversation. You're like, God, I feel like I've known you forever. And it's so easy to talk to you. Those are the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with. Or maybe it's somebody that you really admire. Like, wow, I love seeing how strong she is. I love hearing her stance on things. I want to be like that. You can't expect to grow in any aspect of life if you're not surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be like. So if you want to be, you know, the, I don't know, the, the best, I'm just going to use my example, the, the best speaker, then you're not going to surround yourself with people that claim that they want to be a speaker, but they never act on it. That's not going to help you. You want to be friends with the person that just sold out, you know, a, a 400 seat auditorium for a one hour chat on grief, right? Those are the kind of people that you want to boost yourself up. So if you're seeking strength in a difficult time, then you need to gravitate towards people that are strong. If you want to gain confidence to be able to advocate or share your story or get through something difficult, then you need to surround yourself with people that are confident. Being around somebody that's, well, I'm not quite sure. And oh gosh, I could never do that. What positive attribute are they giving you that's going to encourage you to take that next step to, to, to do something that's going to give you more confidence? It's not going to happen. You are what you eat, right? Now, in saying that, I'm not saying, okay, well, you shouldn't have anybody in your life that isn't contributive to your goals. No, that's completely inaccurate because everybody has different interests. You know, I have friends that are in, um, you know, the computer field and I have friends that are in like totally business corporation field and stuff, but we all have a same thread. We all have a common denominator of strong, confident, independent, um, you know, impervious to negative crap. Um, and I had a lot of friendships and I had a lot of, uh, you know, people in my life, family members included that were contributing in a negative way. And they were, you know, the, the, the people that you would call and, Hey, how's your day going? And it was just a total complain fest. Like here, uh, pity party, ticket of one. I have redeemed my admission for this session and we're just going to, you know, rat on everybody. And I would leave these conversations feeling aggravated and frustrated and just mentally tired, man. And 
exhausted. I'm like, that's not the kind of interaction that I have to waste. You have to view yourself like an investment. And I am not the most business savvy person. I'm learning and that's all cool and everything. But I think using the, you know, the, the metaphor of you have to treat yourself like an investment. I think it's so, it holds so much value because I want to invest the best things in me. I want to invest the best people in me. I want to invest the best experiences in me. I want to invest the best knowledge that I can absorb. Those are all things that are going to be contributing to who I am, who Brittany is as a person in life. And that holds so much power and so much value. So don't be so quick to say, "Mm, I need to bottle all this up and keep it to myself. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I can't, meet other people going through the same thing, or I can't reach out. You have to put your foot in the door. I get that maybe you're not ready to walk in yet. Maybe you still have your hand on the doorknob and that's cool. But guess what? Having your hand on the doorknob or having one foot in the doorway is 10 times more empowering And you have a way more chance of success than if you were standing 50 feet behind the door, staring at it, saying, gosh, I wonder what's on the other side. So in the diagnostic process, you know, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of what ifs. Um, I think the best thing that you can do is really make sure that the relationship that you have with your a medical team is a good one. If you have that feeling and your body is telling you in your stomach, like, yeah, gosh, I just, you know, it's like walking out of that, that appointment going really wasn't what I expected it to be. Or I kind of feel off about this or, well, they didn't really answer all of my questions. Well, then make another appointment, write your questions down, make sure that you get all those questions answered. And if they're not going to give you the time And if you're ever in that appointment made to feel like you're a nuisance or that you should know this, that's not the doctor for you and you need to leave and find a new one stat Um, because nobody should feel like that. I think the best thing that helped me was an online community. I'm very introverted. I'm not that person that's ever going to walk into a physical support room and be vulnerable in front of people physically. I don't know why. I just have more confidence doing it through a phone or a computer and hey, that works for me. So maybe it will work for you, but get online, um, know the healthy interactions to look for. I, uh, I talk about this, I think in one of my beginning podcast episodes that, you know, I got on Facebook and I, I, I tried one of those like MS Facebook support groups. I think I was on it for maybe 45 minutes (laughs) when I was just figuring out that, no, this is not, for me, um, it seems like everybody just kind of wanted to be stuck in this, you know, state of habitual complaining. And that's, that's good and stuff. Like everybody needs to vent. It's like, it's like a, a, a colonoscopy. Like you got to do it every once in a while to clear out all the guck, but sorry, that was me taking a sip of my, my morning energy. 
Um, you know, but recognize those red flag moments, recognize what isn't going to be contributive in a positive way or a constructive way or a healthy way. And I think the only way that we can pinpoint those pieces that are not, you know, necessarily going to be the most beneficial to us is through observation. The power of observation, you guys, it, it is so, so valuable, but it's also very hard. Like for an example, me, I'm a very socially awkward person. So if I'm, you know, meeting people that I haven't met, I'm meeting people for the first time and I'm in a a physical group setting or something. I talk a lot. When I talk a lot, it means I'm nervous. (laughs) So that's why I'm talking. I'm trying to deflect me being uncomfortable by talking a lot, offering maybe way too much information that I shouldn't be. Um, And those are things that I've observed about myself, you know, where I'll leave the meeting or I'll leave that interaction going, wow, I really didn't need to say that you know, there's, there's more power in being quiet and observing a room and observing the interactions that people have with you and have with each other. And you can kind of gauge, well, this is going to be a healthy interaction or, you know what, maybe this isn't the place for me. So try to take those things in mind when you're finding and developing your support system. And your support system is not going to be the skeleton crew. It's going to change you know, again, you're the investment. So people on your support team are almost like staff. You're not going to have the same staff in a company for the next 20 years. You're going to have to let some people go. They might have different values. They might not be up to your company standards. So, and that's okay. So don't get initially so overwhelmed that again, you're too afraid to even put your hand on the doorknob. Getting your hand on the doorknob, first step. Opening it, second step. Putting one foot in, third step. Um, Please reach out to me. I am completely sincere in saying that when I say that I love to communicate and interact with with this community, I truly do. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, I will always message you back. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be in a video message. I just like people to see that I'm a person and not a product. And, you know, that's like the the blessing and the curse side of social media is that there is this underlining facade that these influencers, blech, I hate that word. It just grosses me out. I like the intention behind it. But again, it's been, it's been, prefaced in a in a state where people think that these influencers quote unquote are products and they're not humans and they're not people and they don't have real emotions and you know real stance on life and stuff so please if you are in a place and you need somebody to talk to I am not just saying this please reach out um I had a gal send me a very, very long email the other day. And I I said, Hey, where are you located in the world? Let's set up a, you know, a zoom chat or a zoom call or FaceTime or whatever have you, um, to really get into the thick of it. And I, I love doing it. It's something that I think is super valuable, um, to not only me, but to, to those that, that need somebody to talk with that might not have that support system or need that little extra push, you know, in, in a direction that's going to be giving them tools to navigate through this more smoothly. So 
please reach out. You can do so um, if you're listening for the first time via my website, which is www.ahutms.com. Um, there's a newsletter you can subscribe to. I'm sort of, I need to get back and and doing that a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. Um, subscribe to my blog, hit me up on Instagram, on Facebook, um, whatever way works best for you. You could email me directly through the contact, uh, section of my website as well. But again, I'm really genuinely passionate about connecting with people because I remember my mental state about my MS diagnosis three and a half years ago. And it was a brief moment of panic and fear, but yeah, I mean, we're human. I I still had those moments of, well, am I going to live past 75? And, you know, so if I'm thinking it, somebody else is thinking it. If I'm feeling it, somebody else is feeling it. So don't be afraid to take that step. Again, vulnerability is absolutely 100% in my opinion, a superpower. And I think I think it's superpower because of perspective. So don't fall into the rabbit hole of negative thinking. Um, You know, all those questions of what's my future going to look like and how's the family going to respond and, and, you know, how's this going to affect my job? Thinking, yes, it's inevitable, but you got to put a cap on it because you need to get comfortable with your new reality first. You need to focus on you first. All those other moving parts, all those other layers of the onion, we'll get to it. We're just not quite there yet. Thanks for listening to All the Odds with that crazy tattooed MS chick. What's her name again? Oh, right. A hot MS. When you're not listening here, check out her website for the latest blog or shoot her a DM on the gram. Oh, yeah, she's on that TikTok thing, too. And don't forget to celebrate your disasters. Your victories get enough attention.